Welcome to Cloudlandia, Mr. Sullivan. Uh, Mr. Jackson. Mr. Jackson. Welcome to Cloudlandia. Welcome. Welcome to Cloudlandia, which gets more interesting every single week. It really does. So we mm-hmm. have, uh, we were so. away last week because we were both live streaming the Abundance 360 conference. Mm-hmm. And yes, we haven't spoken. I'm anxious to hear your take on it. Yeah, well, I uh, my main focus, uh, as always, is the longevity part, which was super. Uh-huh. And, uh, it really was. And and uh, it seems to be going faster than any other A360 focus. Um, from year to year, there seems to be more progress. And I think it's the one area of abundance that is personally interesting to everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, another year, another five years, another 10 years, we're all interested in that. I think you're right. Absolutely. Or at least, uh, and I mean, all the 3D, things around it. 3D, 3D printing, not so much. Artificial intelligence, it'll it'll arrive when it arrives. And when it but, arrives. Uh-huh. When it arrives, but uh, it's already arriving and we're getting the benefit yeah. of it. Yeah, but um, the longevity stuff is personally, personally, uniquely interesting to every human being, you know. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think it, and it's very interesting if you take the total time of abundance. Every year, yeah. the longevity section claims more of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I and wonder, the other know. the other one the other one was the Amazon guy uh, who is quitting to join an organization called um, Rebuild Manufacturing. And mm-hmm. that's a big one. That's a big one. That's, yeah. That is a huge one, you know, so, mm-hmm. uh, and I liked him. I liked him a lot. Yes. I, what struck me this time is I was looking with a lens of seeing where on the curve um, a lot of these things are, like on the six Ds of, you know, the... the yeah end of it being democratized, right, is the, is yeah. the final. And, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, you think about some of these things that we're talking about, like AI is really sort of still in the deceptive stage right now mm-hmm. in terms of mm-hmm. what what's happening. And everybody, you know, and same with VR, really. Everybody is mm-hmm. really sort of hot on VR, but they're equally as hot as they were eight years ago when we started and we're still no further than we were eight years ago. I think in my observation, that's, that's my, that's my take. I I went through the entire exercise on Thursday. Uh I came out with an even uh, greater appreciation of zoom. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's I think, I mean, zoom is here. I mean, zoom. Yeah, exactly. uh, it's not something in the future. It's here, you know, and uh, it's uh, Zoom ha- is at the stage now, if we look at it, that Zoom is democratizing access to learning, to to mm-hmm. gathering, to anything It's mm-hmm. removed, any obstacles. You know, when you look at the um, not needing to be in any physical location, not needing to travel to you think about in developing nations where people are walking, you know, two hours a day to get to a place where they could go to school to learn, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you start to see now with the, um, I think the internet itself is getting very close to the point of being democratized where once the satellites are everywhere and it's beaming down, you know, uh, streamable bandwidth of of access to the entire world. Then that opens up now, Cloudlandia to mm-hmm. uh, you're you're always you're everywhere in Cloudlandia all at once, right? When you're in, yeah. you're in. You can get to any point in Cloudlandia without traveling the distance to get there. 
And it yeah. really struck me, Dan, that we're uh, in a lot of these. This is what's so, I think, endlessly fascinating about a topic like Welcome to Cloudlandia, that we're essentially, we're, we're getting to kind of walk in the footsteps of what it must have been. You know, Galileo and, and Euclid and, and Newton establishing the the laws of science and, and physics mm-hmm. around the, the physical world that as we're unfolding into Cloudlandia, all of those rules are are gone and we have new opportunities. Like there's new rules of physics in Cloudlandia and there's new rules of geometry and and all of this uh, access. So, uh, Well, you know what it is, Dean? I was thinking, because uh, I'm writing my next quarterly book on Zoom uh, mm-hmm. using the, using the, you know, the Zooming Ahead, I call it. The book is Zooming uh-huh. Ahead, and I've done, I've done exercises and coach, and I've been really insistent on this, that uh, like it or not, we're going to talk about Zoom, okay? And the uh-huh. reason is, this is the first technology, uh, first technology in 30, going on our 32nd year of coach, where I felt that it benefits every strategic coach entrepreneur every quarter yeah. to make a gain in this area of capability. And I've never uh-huh. felt that way about any technology before. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, when you said it, you you're know, at 25, uh, this is the 25th of those books now, or? Uh, and this is book 26. Yeah, this, this is, is book, book 26. 26. So in all of the 25 yeah. that preceded it, this is the first book that I can recall that is revolved around a specific technology or a specific yeah. Yeah. tool. Yeah. And again, because I think it's more than a technology, I think it's a shift. It's yeah. a sudden fundamental shift of how a single individual can operate in the world, how a single individual with a company can operate in the world. And uh, we have the proof of it. We've started, uh, we've started three from scratch uh, virtual workshops since September, 107, Mm -hmm. I think 107 total signups, brand new signups, 26 different countries. Yes. Yeah. And I said, Never in our wildest dreams could we imagine how we could do it in the way we were doing it before. Yeah. And all we'd hear, you know, constantly is, well, when are you going to bring this to such and such a place? When are you going to bring it to such and such a place? You know, and I'd say, um, well, you know, you have an advantage. You're from such and such a place and you're the only one from such and such place is here. And so you have an advantage. But that was a temporary answer. And now, anywhere you want us to be, we're there. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's a shift of, yeah, I don't know what the analogy is in, you know, in history, but, um, you know, it's uh, just a fundamental shift. Well, this is where, I think this is the age now. I think it's like electricity. It's like electricity. Like well, that's exactly it. So there we go. That's where I'm. That's where I was going. That as I was thinking about these, we've talked about kind of these asymptotic curves that have, uh, you know, fallen into where we're in in 2021. All of the things, all the things being digitized, have kind of reached that peak where we're not going to have an exponential improvement in the creation and distribution of music, for instance, right? All of that is, is at the, the peak level. We'll still see improvements, but they'll be um, incremental. And so we're getting very close to the point where a lot of these things are starting to reach that democratized stage, which is the peak of it. Right. And, you you think as close to anything like access to music, if I look at my, um, you know, it was dematerialized and now demonetized and now democratized is that mm. I, on my Alexa, my Amazon echo, because of my 
um, Amazon Prime membership, Amazon Prime uh, Music is available on my Alexa, so I can literally have access to all of the songs um, <laughs> without without having to to pay um, a fee, right? And same thing with um, uh, with one Spotify membership, you can have access to everything and Mm -hmm. creators also have access to all of the uh the market place as Mm -hmm. well and Mm -hmm. so you you start to see these um these things and that's i think where we're um where we're starting to see some of the um amazing advances here is once we realize that these things like you look at <laughs> uh youtube as an example it may as well uh, be a utility you know yeah well it's really interesting i i had an experience the other night and uh i wanted to tell you about it because it's a departure from it's a departure from my project <clears throat> so in july i will have spent three years without watching uh television i haven't watched television but um i was i was i think it was on um i was on quora because i get quora every day i get a little thing from quora and it's usually about the second world war and they they kind of know i'm a second world war history note and i was going down but the sidebar there was a sidebar on the and it was showing various YouTube videos of um, World War II sort of thing. Okay. And, and one of them was Russian. It was a Russian uh, movie with English subtitles. And it's um, I came in on a section where the German high command, uh, uh, three, three general, um, two generals and an admiral were surrendering to the Russians, the Americans and the British. Okay. And um, and then it was about 12 minutes, and it was kind of gripping. And it said, this is from a movie called White Tiger. And so I went to YouTube, and I went on, um, I went, you know, looked what the movie was, and you could download it for free. Okay, so I downloaded yeah. it, and I watched the entire movie, and it was very, very gripping. And, yeah. um, and, um, this uh i want to talk to you about something because this brings us something to mind because uh peter uh diamandis has this thing called um what's it called future future loop future loop yeah with evan uh-huh. yeah future loop with evan pagan and um uh it analyzes what you're interested in and mm-hmm. then will you know search the web every day to feed you what you're interested in. And Peter told me about it about six months ago. And he says, like, he says, I'll get you on it, you know, at a special rate. And I haven't uh, taken advantage of it. And I was mm-hmm. trying to figure out why haven't you taken advantage of it? You know, I was sitting there, so like, yeah. why haven't you taken it? And I said, because it's reinforcing what I already know. And that's not uh-huh. what I'm looking for. I'm not right. looking for what I already know. I'm looking for things I didn't know I was looking for. Mm-hmm. So my way of approaching the internet is to have constant surprises. Oh, I didn't mm-hmm. know that. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm not looking for things that I found out yesterday and now they're reinforcing what I did yesterday. I don't think it has to be, uh, it, it, I don't think it has to be a, um, an or. I think you look at this as an and that I think that's not going to stop or stifle your ability to do that as well. But it may be an intellectual shortcut to at least get you in the direction of the things that you are interested in or historically have shown a pattern of being interested in and use it as a a jumping off point. It could be a Mm. moving sidewalk alongside. Could be, be, but when I... um... You know, I do my searches, and I have about twelve different uh, sites that I go to every day. And I, I would argue, uh, Dan, that those twelve sites are 
doing what this is doing. Like you're, you know, you're kind of saying, I go to these 12 sites. So there is some predictability in it that somebody, your lens is going through that same filter of these 12 sites. You're just surprised within the context of what those 12 sites are presenting to you as curation. Well, and sometimes they're they're a jumping off point to other sites. That's what I mean. You know, though, like but I they, think it could be. Yeah, that might be yeah. an amplifier of it. But what I what I notice a lot about the technological model is that it feels that what it, what we know about you yesterday has a predictability to it, and uh-huh. uh, so I'm pondering that. I'm pondering whether that in fact is true. Uh, I, I think he's so. always. Looking I think you're. I think I think what the the only predictability that my pattern would show is that he's always looking for something that he didn't know. Uh-huh. But they can't say what topics or what areas or anything about it. So <clears throat> I, I'm resisting the notion that technology knows anything <laughs> about what you're going to look for well, next. I, I think though that the uh, you know I think unwittingly or un, uh, you know uh, non obviously you're sort of setting yourself into that loop anyway in that these six sites are twelve twelve these twelve sites are essentially doing that for you below the surface but it feels like somebody has to kind of gather and decide what they're going to uh, report on, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's happening. Um, yeah, it's, but that wouldn't be any different yeah. than going, that, that wouldn't be any different than going to the library in 19 yeah. and looking at the Encyclopedia Britannica in 19. Oh, no, it would be very different. It would be very different because going to the library, you've got infinite everything is there and you're self-directed in the the choice that you're going to make right you've got access to everything so you're going to choose what's interested to you but you choose to go to these 12 sites and jump off from what they're presenting to you yeah that's an interesting um no no i'm just saying that i don't know if my approach (laughs) I mean, I have a lot more. I, I have a lot more information available to yeah. me uh, now than I did in 1955, and it didn't require. That's true. Uh, and yesterday didn't require a walk to the library. Okay. That's right. And, Shortcut. Yeah, but um, I think my basic uh, op- operating mode is exactly the same today as it was. Um, uh, you know, when. I'm I'm trying to see how I've changed in relationship to technology. And it's, um, I saw a great uh, uh, meme. I saw a great meme that said, you know, things are different today. And it was a uh, cartoon of, um, you know, from 1980s, everybody on the train reading their newspaper. And then today, everybody on the train looking at their phones and it's nobody's changed. It's still is the technology available to us to engage our attention. Books were and are still the major, probably the major preoccupation, you know, I mean, uh, because there's more book sales every year um, and the line between eBooks and, um, Hard copy books seems to have stabilized at around thirty percent ebooks and seventy percent, um, and that's been true for about seven years now. Yeah, uh, I and, noticed and, for myself. For myself, I noticed that um, my actual my reading time is substantially less than it was mm-hmm. in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, I take in a lot more information stuff, but, um, you know, in terms of sitting down for, you know, an hour to read mm-hmm. um, one particular 
book is there's much less of that going on mm-hmm. in my life than than there was in the past. Mm-hmm. Do you and find that, or up. are you? No, mine Yours is, is up. Up. Uh, basically because I don't watch television, and so yeah. tele- uh, that free- freed up an enormous amount of time. And yeah. COVID kept me at home, you know. So yeah, uh, I've had two things happen. I have a, you know, a not watching something that happened. <clears throat> Um, it'll be in 18, so July of 18. I just, you know, I'm just not going to watch this anymore because it was, um, you know, it, it was kind of, you know, it was kind of, <clears throat> um, what can I say? Uh, it was kind of introducing turbulence into my day that I didn't really felt that I, ne- I, I meant I needed. And then <clears throat> being locked down since last March, um, uh, from travel and, um, you know, any kind of travel. Um, I got about 30% of my time back with no travel time, you know, right. and, uh, yeah. and, but I, uh, but, but I'm at home and I said, you know, I read, so I, pr- I probably knock, knock off a book a week, you know, yeah. uh, for the last 12 or 12 months. Now I would say I'm more and more going to fiction rather than nonfiction. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, and um, it's kind of funny because there's I'm discovering all these uh, detective stories are usually homicide detectives and mm-hmm. uh, uh, and they're about Berlin, you know, and uh, yeah. and Berlin's a city where almost any creepy thing that a novelist wants to portray was probably true. You know, it's uh, there are cities, you know, that you think of New York being one of them, London being one of them, but Berlin was even worse because they had the Nazis and then they had the, you know, they had the, the Stasi, the East German, you know, the yeah. East German um, police force, and uh, and uh, for example, you can't you can't think of a plausible murder homicide plot taking place in Toronto. You can't think of a plausible murder. No, no, it wouldn't be plausible yeah. that there was like okay. a there. There was, uh, you know, a, a murder homicides. You know, homicides going on in in Toronto. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, uh, first of all, I think even well, the it's very rare. I think even the criminal class in Toronto only worked nine to five. You know, it's um, I. This was a odd thing, but. Um, that was a few funny, years though, ago. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Funny, that, yeah. yeah, I don't think criminals well, work nights and weekends in Toronto. I think they, you know. Well, so uh, one of our um, realtor um, um, uh, friends was shot in Toronto a few years mm-hmm. ago in a mm-hmm. in a restaurant in the middle of the restaurant. Guy walks in and singles him out and shoots him and walks out of the restaurant and is never seen again, unsolved mystery of, of this uh, guy getting shot in a, in a restaurant executed. And he died. And he died. died right? And he died. Yeah. 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 And yeah, that's, you know, odd, but, uh, but that would be front page. That would be front page. Yes, in exactly. Uh, in New York, it uh, might make, the eighth page in Los Angeles uh, right. might, not the, might not make the paper at all. Yeah. Wild, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But there's just certain cities and Berlin seems to be one. And, uh, yeah, I, I was talking to Babs last night because I just discovered a new one and, uh, a new detective series, Peter Ritter. This guy's name is Peter Ritter. And, uh, and I said, you know, um, why is it that I'm always intrigued by a homicide murder series of detectives that takes place in Berlin? And at the same time, I have less and less desire to ever go to Berlin. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I said, I I get a feeling that it's creepy. I I get a feeling that when you're there, it's creepy. And maybe it's because you know too much about the history, you know. And, uh, uh, 
Yeah, it's really, it's really, really interesting. I'm really noticing that uh, people below 40 don't know any history. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, it's really, they, live, they live in a perpetually changing present, but they don't really have they don't really have any knowledge of the past mm. that they think that is why, important. Yeah, that, that they think is important. Right. That was why I wanted to uh, at least introduce Philip to the um, you know the history of of. America, oh, yeah. the modern uh, and, things, all that, and what, what, and what a good, uh, what a good place to start. Yeah, and he thought that was fascinating, so that's good. But he's all back in regular school now, so there we go. Now it's the uh, history interest is replaced with gaming, <laughs> but that's their whole well, world, you know. Well, we, uh, yeah, well, gaming is um, a hidden universe that I think yeah. is going to have more and more power as we go forward. Well, that's Cloudlandia. They're gathering in there. I mean, it's like, uh, yeah. that's, that's what, but they what own, happened uh, on Wall Street. What yeah. happened on Wall Street this past week was um, really interesting. Yes. Yeah. They're like, wait a minute. You can't do that. That's our role. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I got is that part of democratization is going after bullies. Yes. Well, that's what and, that's this whole and short traders, that's the root short of cancel traders, culture. Yeah, and short traders, uh, you know, people who are big hedge funds, but they're short traders, have been kind of bullies. I mean, Elon Musk talked about this three years ago. You know that um, they. Um, um, yeah, that they they I almost got the sense over the last three or four years that short traders thought that they were invulnerable, that they could do things to other people, but nobody could do it to them. Right. And uh, this guy from Massachusetts, the 34 year old who got this whole, uh, you know, the game shop thing going and, and um he GameStop or Game Shop? I forget what it is. GameStop or Game Shop? Stop. Yes, stop. GameStop. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a funny name, actually, when you think of it. Stopping the game. But uh, <laughs> right, right. Uh, <laughs> but what he noticed was that certain short cutters uh, were exposed. Uh, the short traders were exposed, and it's where. <clears throat> There's evidence to perceive that the stock that they're shorting actually has value and that there are people who are going long on it. And he was going long on this for, I think, two years, the guy who started this. And he said, this guy, and it was uh, this one uh, short trader. And he says, he's way too exposed. He's way too exposed. And if we can just start the price going up, He's going to panic, and that's exactly what happened. The guy lost three billion. He lost three billion dollars. Yeah, isn't, isn't that amazing? And, and two other big hedge funds had to bail him out, or he would have um, uh, he would have got all his um, he would he, he he would have got all his loans called, and he couldn't wow. he couldn't actually actually do it. But what I what I think about it is it's just. Um, it's kind of like the jungle, you know, <clears throat> uh, after a while, the little animals just say, you know, we've had enough with this one. Pred predators are predators, but this predator is just uh, out of line. We're going to take this predator down. And uh, and that that's always happened in the in the mainland. And now it's happening in, in Cloudlandia. Mm -hmm. So. Um, so I believe that every short trader in the world uh, had a very long 72 hours uh, halfway through this week. In other words, they said, wait a minute, wait a minute, what are we doing here? I bet there was more transformation in the short trading world uh, in a three-day period in the middle of this week than has happened in the last 10, 15 years. Well, it's a realization that the, uh, yeah, that banding, together that's the the means to communicate with people and uh you know create a uh, concerted effort is yeah. all through uh reddit that was that's pretty amazing 
you know, yeah. that you can yeah. rally, you can rally your troops. Yeah. And, and Reddit, more and more, uh, right? as I understand it, I, I got my first deep reading in at this. Uh, Reddit is just this uh, universe of universes, but they have some yeah. basic mindset rules. They have some basic rules of um, whether they're going to let you be, you know, an active member, not an active member, but it's kind of loose. It's just uh, sort of a mindset uh, thing that kind of holds it together. But, you know, if you get three million, yeah, if you get three million people and they each put ten thousand in, that's a lot of money. Yes, <laughs> that is a lot of money. That's all. That's, the money. Thir- that's thirty. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's. Uh, I, I think that's thirty billion dollars. <laughs> I think so, at least. Yeah. 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 And uh and so uh anyway, so there's a force there, you know. And uh mm-hmm. uh it's so funny because Trump is getting credit for it. They said this is tr- this is Trumpism in the stock market and I said, uh, he's probably doing something else today. He's probably in his mansion in Florida and he's doing something else. I don't and but he's getting credit for it. This is Trumpism gone wild. And I said, well, uh, I said, that kind of shows that he's left a mark, that you can credit things to him when he's not even doing it. Yeah, that's really, you know, and it's interesting now that he's moved back to uh, to Palm Beach. Mar-a-Lago. Now they're, yeah, Mar-a-Lago. Now they're, uh, now they're after you know, the law or rule change that he got to convert it from a residence to a club. Now they're saying, okay, well now you've got to, whatever it was, now you can't live there. You went through the whole process to convince us that it wasn't a residence, but it was a club, which was, there were yeah. some advantages or whatever mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah. And now he can't, well, uh, now he can't, live there is what they're saying. Yeah, whatever. Um, but um, <clears throat> but I think the shift, as you were saying, uh, has happened on a, on a big scale. Um, and I think that the democratization is really um, a big one. And, you know, when you discover a new land for a while, uh, the original discoverers become... Um, basically the establishment, you know, um, when you, you can look at it on the mainland, you know, the, yeah. the move. We get to be the cartographers. Yeah. Gosh, and then the they cartographers. those families. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whoever discovers the territory kind of, uh, that's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the same thing happened. So, um, you know, the big uh, titans, the big corporate titans that are in there, they were kind of um, early explorers who went yeah. and and they claimed a lot of the territory for themselves. Yeah, uh, but it's kind of interfering with uh, progress. At a certain point, if you uh, say I've got this and I'm going to hold it, then uh, you're not part of the force of progress anymore. Holding. Yeah. Holding really isn't, um, you know, it's it's not innovative. Holding is not innovative. It's defensive and protective. So I'm seeing a lot of that um, happening. For example, my sense is ten years from now there will be a um, there will be other social media platforms that are as bigger, bigger than Facebook, as bigger, bigger than Twitter, as bigger, bigger than Google. Well, it might be uh, Trump Book USA. Dot com yeah. now just got launched. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, whatever. But I think Trump it's bigger book. than him. I think it's just that um, um, you know, um, you know, he was uh, a leader who got people thinking in a particular direction. Yeah, yeah. But it definitely and, feels uh, like we are we're definitely shifting now at a point where, I mean, with taking Trump off of Twitter was a big that was a a big move and then the mm-hmm. AWS deplatforming parlor 
and <clears throat> that whole I mean pile, we're, we're definitely at a point now where we're splitting we're split there's going to be yeah. ideological splits in access to uh in cloudlandia in cloudlandia that you can really have your own version of it where you're you know sheltered where the only things you hear your eyes only see and your ears only hear what your mind's looking for you're you're in a world where there's not going to be any we're going to be able to shield from dissent <clears throat> i don't know mm-hmm. whether that you know i don't know is that is that uh i don't know who knows what that's gonna uh be you know well if all you it's not here it's not uniform because um if i look at my all my reading of political books um since i've been interested in politics which goes back to my teen years um most of what i've read is on the side that i don't agree with Uh well you're you're different though in that you're also a person who thinks about their thinking and you know, at at that level, that level of awareness and stuff is not the standard. And when you look at it, I'm constantly reminded that IQ is a quotient, and the average is 100. And you start to see that that capacity to think about thinking and to uh, have some sort of um, you know, elevated um, thinking process is not reality for most people. Mm-hmm. And so when they're presented with, when they, you know, turn on the TV or turn on Facebook, it's all each side yelling loudly in opposition to the other side. And now if we get to a point where you are going to a place where you can speak your freedom, your truth, without any dissent, without anybody calling it fake news or without anybody opposing what you're saying, if everybody's um, rallying and cheering, Mm -hmm. I wonder what that, because that's something that we literally have the potential to um, set up just an echo chamber where you're only only seeing and hearing well, things that well, that's you what are I, in. That, that's what I was wondering about uh, with yeah. the future loop, whether it just doesn't set up echo chambers, you know, uh-huh. but, um, yeah, uh, because, um, um, well, well, first of all, I believe that um, um, for the last 100,000 years, I think what people have developed with is a material sense. So they have part of their, you know, their daily existence, which is a um, a material sense, you know, yes. eating enough, having shelter, yeah. uh, you know, uh, worried about dangers, worried about uh, predators and everything else. And then the yeah. other sense is the spirit, uh, spiritual sense, where you have a sense of the transcendent. You know, mm-hmm. in other words, you 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 have a thing saying, you know, uh, I'm just in one place, and it's just me and a whole bunch of other people. But I, I bet there's something bigger that we're part of. And that's what I would call the spiritual sense. It's an invisible uh-huh. sense that, yeah, you know. I'm I'm living from, you know, whatever number of years starting in the 1940s till sometime in the 21st century. And I said, yeah, but that's just, you know, given what history is, that's actually a a pretty brief moment compared to, you know, 100,000 years. And roughly they estimate, and I've seen about five or six sources, and they're basically in agreement that the number of human beings who have ever lived is about a hundred and somewhere between a hundred and a hundred and ten billion people. Mm-hmm. So there's eight billion on the planet right now. That means that we've already, you know, previous to us, it's close to a hundred, yeah. um, hundred billion people have lived. And I, they develop certain senses about what 
physical life was what, and that they had yeah. this sense of the transcendent. Uh-huh. And transcendent, you know, over time usually meant God. Okay, usually meant mm-hmm. God. And then there was um, organizations which focused your attention on that. But starting about two centuries ago, two and a half centuries ago, they were saying there is no God. Okay. Uh-huh. But people still have a, spe- uh, people, I think genetically almost still have the way the brain is developed. Yeah. They, they still have a spiritual sense. Okay. God shaped. And what I notice is if you deny that there's any God and religion is rubbish, uh, that doesn't mean your spiritual sense goes away. There's a, uh-huh. there's a vacuum there. And I think That's it gets it. filled with uh, passionate causes that people are in mm-hmm. right now. So they, you know, and I, I sense this in the whole A360 singularity movement that it's an uh-huh. attempt to make technology into kind of a religion, techno-religion. Singularity as well. Oh, as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I said, you know, when... And I talked to Ray Kurzweil about this um, the first time I met him. And uh, I think he's, he said this from stage, and then I talked to him personally about that. And he said, you know, our family was completely non-religious. But he said, my parents were real big that we should know what religion was. So we took um, a month or a quarter studying every one of the major religions. And he said, I think we went through about 15 or 20 of them. So anyway, then I was reading his book on the singularity, and I said, you know, uh, he knows what a religion is. He knows how it's structured. He knows the checkoff points. You know, if, uh, if you have a religion, if these seven things are true, and he checked them off. And I said, I think singularity, um, whether it's conscious on his part or intentional on his part, is kind of like a replacement religion for people who don't have any religion. And I think globally, the environmental movement is a religion. I think the, uh, you know, the um, uh, inclusiveness and diversity movement is another religion for people who don't have religion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, racism, anti-racism is a form of, uh, you know, it's a, it's a religious, religious feeling. No borders. No borders is sort of a religious, uh, religious feeling. And uh-huh. so. I'm very conscious of it, and I can tell how people talk about it. And one thing about a religion, you don't admit any dissent against your religion. There's mm-hmm. the faithful and the heretics. You know, there's, uh, and I think that the Cloudlandia is experiencing a lot of that, um, um, you know, that uh, refusal to have any dissent to what you're focused on or what you're believed at right now. Yeah. But it doesn't, but it doesn't really, um, it kind of cuts you off from actually thinking about your thinking. Uh huh. I agree. That's what I mean is I don't know. Nobody's really pulled off this grand utopia yet of what, I don't know what people think that parlor and, and uh, Trump book and whatever these other ones are that, um, that you're going to be able to actually like, you know, speak your mind, get your free speech kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, mm-hmm. that I think that that's the big problem is that people are viewing uh, dissent as and, and, and going against their free speech, right? Where mm-hmm. it's, actually, mm-hmm. it's actually the uh, a proponent of free speech. Well, it's actually getting that's you to grow your, your understanding of what yeah. free speech actually is. Yeah. It's just and, that um, the collective, the collective yeah. cancel culture is really what is the um, yeah. Well, collective. it's very very interesting. Um, in uh, in London, in Hyde Park, they have a, uh, a place which is called the Speaker's Corner, and yeah. uh, anybody can get up there and make a speech. Any, you know, um, when the park is open, anybody can yeah. get up there, and you want to be the. I mean, if you're really intent on getting an audience, you do it during, you know, day, daylight hours. And, yeah. and, um, and the police, they have police there, um, you know, the Bobbies. Uh, uh-huh. And uh, there's a story about, um, uh, you know, people shouting at the speaker and the Bobby coming up to them and says, sir, this is the speaker's corner. You're disturbing the speaker. Yeah. 
That's great. I love it. And, the, uh, you know, and they said, if you want to be the speaker tomorrow, well, you know, get in line and you can be the speaker. But when the speaker's up there, kind of let the, let the speaker speak, you know, and you can you say remember, anything. Uh, you Moses, uh, Moses Nimer used to uh, mm-hmm. have a feature of that on City TV in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Speaker's Corner, where they had video boxes set up and you could mm-hmm. go and uh say your part or whatever whatever you wanted to broadcast on the uh on tv that's interesting so that must be where he got that idea from from yeah. london yeah well it's it's really part of british legal culture you know i mean the uh the granting more and more that um, you know, I mean, British law is all based on the freedom of personal property. If you go uh-huh. right back to the beginning, um, um, uh, it's unique in the world on the strength with which the um, the unique status of personal property has grown. And we're the beneficiaries of it. I mean, the United States, because uh-huh. it, uh, there was some real property. <laughs> there was some real property here too. <laughs> get a hold of them, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, but it's really fundamental and I, that's why I'm putting all the emphasis lately on the, um, on the uh, protection of your intellectual property. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and I'm really thinking through this deeply right now, um, uh, you know, for a specific personal reason that we're involved in right now. But the more I go into it, I, I realize that, um, uh, you won't be innovative if you don't protect your innovations. You'll get to a mm-hmm. certain point where it's not it's not worth the effort of coming up with a new innovation. If other people are going to steal it or you don't get credit for it, you're not you know, mm-hmm. you're not acknowledged. And uh, and uh, so I think that um, I, I'm, one of the books it might be this year might. Um, might be next year. I'm writing a book, one of my little quarterly books, and it's called Your Attention, Your Property. That basically your attention is your most fundamental property that you have. Yeah. What you give your yeah. attention to. First of all, it's worth an enormous amount to you if you use it properly, but it's also worth a lot to other people if they can get your attention. And my sense and is it's worth it, a lot to you if you can get other people's attention on your intentions. That's sure, the sure. winning thing. That's where yeah. we've got that, uh, where people are actually giving their, uh, I'll sell you my attention on your task for, uh, yes, whatever it is. That's something that's, yeah. uh, but, that's but, pretty amazing. But my sense is that this is going to come to a head with a Supreme Court case sometime probably during this decade where um you know people are going to say to someone like uh Mark Zuckerberg or Jack Dorsey um you're using people's attention um in ways that's making you a lot of money and um maybe we have to establish that if you use 15 seconds of somebody's attention that you have to pay them a little bit for that. That'd be a new economic model. Mm, interesting that we get. Uh, yeah. That outrageous. That's interesting. That outrageous. And they would, no, no, but then they would, yeah. Yeah, that, that could be an interesting thing because they would get. Uh, well, it's an interesting thing to think through because I think yeah. um, there's an underlying annoyance that. Um, well, that may be accelerated with the Apple decision here, you know, the Apple yeah. decision of uh, making it not not the default that they're able to track you through your Apple device. So maybe what you're saying is Facebook is seeing this as a, a threat to them or it's going to hurt yeah. them. And so what yeah. you're saying is that may be an opportunity where they say, if you let us do this, we'll give you some of the uh, of the yeah. earnings from yourself, yeah. from your attention. Yeah, yeah. I mean that uh, you get air miles. <laughs> yeah, you get attention, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
You get something in return. You get something in return because he's yeah. kind of had like uh, he's had well, like a free ride. Mark would argue that what you get in return is you get to use Facebook. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, well, uh, that that's ground zero. Now let's go from ground. You know, let's go from ground zero. You know, it's he can say anything he wants. Yeah, I mean, he he can say yeah. he still thinks we're all schmucks for even giving a, giving him a, his attention. He's just seen how far his schmuck empire can go. Yeah. Wow, this is it's wild. You know, when you start to. Uh, think about but we're back you know we're right back at the start of a huge new philosophical period you know yeah um and and the last one i think really happened with gutenberg uh, Uh that uh you know the politics and economics since 1455 have um utterly changed you know they've utterly changed um to live between before 1455 and visit 2020 uh, would be um, you'd probably die of the shock. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but if you went uh, from 455 to uh, uh, 1455, a thousand years, there probably wouldn't be that much difference. But shoot, when the, you, you we come to these big discontinuous jumps in history, and I think we're yeah. Um, we're in the early days of another one right now. Yeah, that's, and I was, you know, I'm not, I mean, I kind of meant it when I was saying how we're really at the situation where, you know, having these conversations is really like Galileo and and Newton establishing the new science, the new uh, physics of, of, Cloud Landy because it's it's very different and we don't even realize it yet. I mean, the full gravity of what we've got. Yeah, you know, we still kind of there's are a, conditioned. There's a there's something I always think about, uh, especially with the First World War. So, First World War started in uh, um, you know in 1914, so August yeah. 1914, and it wasn't until the middle of 1916, two years into it, when the British already had 200,000 dead, that they had to actually put in place a draft. Everybody was volunteering for the first two years. Mm-hmm. And today, they wouldn't, volunteer, they wouldn't volunteer on the first day. No. No, that's and you'd true. Have, and you would have draft riots today. You'd have draft riots within the first 30 days. Yeah. But war has evolved also even beyond the physical force of it, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where it's the physical, you know, linear. Um, yeah. Well, Peter Zion man to man. is going to be speaking. Peter Zion who's speaking at, um, you know, at our summit in the three I'm weeks. I'm excited about that. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and he said that um, um, the U.S. is just going invisible with its wars. He said if you take a look at how the U.S. operates over the last 20 years, he said uh, most of what's going on is completely invisible. And it's mm-hmm. because of the special for- the, the drones and the special forces. He said, yeah. you know, um, yeah, we don't have to kill a thousand insurgents. We just have to know the car that their leader is. Driving right. in, and and we just hit them with a drone, you know, and it yeah. destabilizes yeah. them for a month or two, and then yeah. the next guy up, next guy up, we know the car that they, they have to travel, and we yeah. know, and they have these new drone, they have these new drone rockets that aren't even munitions, they're like right. um, they're like whirlers, they go right through the top of the car and they just shred everything inside the car, but there's no collateral damage, yeah, if you're 50 feet away from the car when it hits, you might get hit by a piece of metal or something like that, but not by a concussion. And uh, wow. so he said the U.S. has learned its lesson that keep keep your battles out of the headlines. You know, don't um, people will accept war if they don't see it. Right. Wow. This is just the. Uh, it's almost when you think about the things I was saying to somebody the other day that the um 
was thinking about the new the new physics of Cloudlandia that we don't even realize what we have access to. Like we're so it's almost like the elephants that have been so conditioned that we can't go outside of this radius, you know? Yeah. And then when the, the yeah. then when the uh the you know the restraint is removed, we still don't go beyond that because we're just conditioned Res- that that's the, way. the restraint is in the brain. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's not on the elephant's leg anymore. Yeah. I mean yeah. I mean and that's who we are, you know, and I uh, I mean the smartest of us has restraints. You know, I mean the yeah. uh the one the the person whose mind goes furthest afield still has just as many as strain there's borders that that person comes to and yeah. and um doesn't cross the border, you know. So yeah. so that's why I feel it's not about the individual, it's the collaboration because uh if I collaborate with you, then I get access to a whole new territory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. And that's and really I don't have to worry about uh, I don't have to worry about that territory because you're taking care of that territory. You know, I just have yeah. to take care of my territory and right. have access to have access to other territories. So um, the whole thing about, um, you know, in the em- emphasis in the school system, and I think in uh, what I'm seeing in, um, um, uh, for example, at, uh, at the, the Zoom revolution over the last year was one of the biggest events of my lifetime, but there wasn't men- one mention of it at uh, Abundance 360. They were using Zoom. Uh but there was no right exactly like almost ironically that they were using the big thing that allowed it to even happen yeah exactly and i thought it was better i actually thought it was better yeah you know i i enjoyed it a lot more than being there in person and uh and but then they're talking about oh this great new vr this this is going to make zoom like nothing and i went into it and i said gee this is really cool this is like starting a car engine with a crank, you know, I mean, right. I said, this is really clunky. This is really clunky. I said, yeah. uh, And, and why isn't there advantage? uh, Why is there an advantage to being an avatar rather than the Dean I know and love? You know, I don't want to see, I want to see, I want to see Dean and his full, (laughs) his full humanity. I, I mean, why are you yeah. taking humanity away? Humanity is what makes it interesting. Why are you taking right, humanity away it. and making it into an avatar, you know? Yes, I agree 100%. Yeah, so I wrote to my team because they, uh, you know, they, two of my team members were on it. And I said, uh, something to be aware of. I said, um, we'll see from year to year where it goes. But yeah. um, I think it's going to... Like I bet if you if you had access to the way the military, the U.S. military uses VR, it'd blow your socks off because I think there's a lot further advance than. Yeah, uh, I bet you're right. And also the gaming, the gaming industry. I bet their VR is way way ahead of. Um, I haven't really spent a much. Uh, I have an, an Oculus. Um, but I haven't really spent much um, much time on it. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. can't. I yeah. don't know. I, I haven't. It doesn't yeah, I really think, caught uh, my. I think the traditional trifecta holds up. Uh, the tri- trifecta where new ideas get started and progress. Yeah. Are uh-huh. uh, weapons, weapons, and war. Yeah. Uh, adolescents and young people playing games with things not the way they were intended. Right. And porn. Yeah. I said, I bet that was true in ancient Rome, and I bet it's true today. Those are the three entry doorways oh. of where, where new technologies move move forward most quickly. What was the first one again? W- weapons and war. Weapons and war, right? Weapons and war, adolescence, and then and uh, uh, young people and toys. Yes, 
Young, pe- young people in games, essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then porn. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, the marketers yeah. get at it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Everybody plays a part. That's exactly right. That was everybody's the, got a role. I don't I don't care Seth how good had a great if they, if 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 you're you're smart about it, everybody's got a everybody's got a role. Yeah, it's funny. It really is. Well, I mean, what a delight. These conversations are just, uh, they go so yeah. quickly. Quick hours. Anyway, well, I was uh, can, you, uh, can you just send me a piece of information? And it's about a particular app that you got. That It's a linking app that you can start in the center and then you can create all sorts of connections and you can create it. You mentioned yeah, work it once. Flowy. Uh-huh. Work flowy. Yeah, could you just send me the could you just send me the absolutely. link for that? Yes, yeah, I'd appreciate I that. that. Okay. okay. Thanks. All right. And we're on next I will week, talk to so you we'll, soon. Uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Okay. Thanks, Dan. Bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>